This is the coolest thing. Hello, Bible love. So glad y'all are here again for our very, very special summer series, Women and Ministry. As always, I have a fantastic guest for you that is a dear friend of mine, and I'm going to tell you all about her in just a few minutes, but we are going to start off as we have started off in this series every time with the prayer attributed to St. Francis. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is offense, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. Oh God, let me seek as much, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to be, as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives. It is in self forgetting that one finds. It is in pardoning that one is pardoned. It is in dying that one is raised to eternal life. Amen. Amen. So friends, today I got to get my dear, dear, dear friend, the Reverend Anna Russell Friedman to join us. Anna Russell is a canon at Christ Church Cathedral in Nashville, Tennessee. We have um, good old Alabama roots, um, the two of us. Um, I've said this before, when you meet people that are around your same age and are female and are priests, you sort of just like gravitate to them. Well, right? they're, like, they're my people. They're my people. And that's what happened with Anna Russell and myself. Plus, we both have double names and, you know, there's all that thing. So, Anna <laughs> Russell, welcome. Thank you, dear friend. Thanks for having me. I'm really seriously honored to be here, and I'm super proud to know you, that you're doing this. This is very cool. I'm super proud to know you. We had this great, when we all lived in Birmingham, we had this great um, women's group um, that met, and we just got really, really close. And um, another person that's been on um, the podcast that was in that group is Katie Nakamura Ringers, and um, we'll get some others. But Anna Russell, one of the reasons I wanted um, a, you have a wonderful story to share, but one of the reasons I wanted you to be here is that you're a mom of three boys and being a priest and being a mom of three boys, you know, that's difficult to like manage all of that. And so before we get into all that, let's start sort of from the beginning or a little bit from the beginning. You tell us a little bit about your call to be a priest and what that felt like. And, and, and it was at a young age. Um, so talk to me about that. Okay. Let me think. Um, that's a great question. And I'm, this is one of the things that I am not as great at is articulating my own, <laughs> my own stuff. My, on the spot, right? Right, right. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. It needs to be, I need to do more of this and um, more self-reflection in this way anyway. Um, so I was an art major um, in college and um, studio art. And that's always been a passion of mine. Something that I 
would love to get back to and do more of <laughs> when I have more time someday. Um, but I would say um, little things happened in my life um, even before, you know, college age. Um, you know, I was chosen to do the, or I was asked to do the prayer at my eighth grade graduation, little tiny things like that, that have kind of, you know, looking back now, it's like, oh yeah, oh, that's right. Um, I was close to growing up the, um, you know, youth director at my parish and actually grew up at Christ Church in Nashville Cathedral. Um, and was also close to, um, the clergy, um, did things like for my winterum, um, time, which is like the time in January in high school that we had to kind of do a field ed placement, did mine at church, <laughs> like wanted to learn more about church, church, church <laughs> like at what interest. So like sometimes it's just in you. You know, when I told my dad I wanted to be a priest, he was like, I've been waiting. Like, I knew that was coming, you know, and you the same way, right? Like, people are like, oh, yeah, like, we've seen this coming forever. Um, of course, I didn't. Um, right. But I ended up going to Vanderbilt Divinity School um, with the encouragement of some of the youth, same youth minister, same youth director, um, and really just to study interfaith dialogue uh, and maybe but even not to be a priest. Anderson. Not to be a priest. No. <laughs> not even remotely. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, maybe do some social justice work, some lay ministry, nonprofit, you know, sort of being pulled in all those directions. Um, and uh, my second year there, it was a three-year program. My second year there, I did my field ed at Holy Trinity in Nashville. And this is a parish um, that is in a small parish in downtown Nashville that I um, had never set foot in. And I had grown up in he- grown up here, grown up in, in Nashville, and was horrified that I had, didn't know more about our community in the Episcopal Church. Um, and Dennis Lloyd was the clergy person there, and um, he kind of helped me recognize and begin to articulate and discern that word we use. And so I started the process already in divinity school. Um, That's a really interesting way. You don't hear that as much. Your story's a little different in that it's way. Totally different. And um, I'm probably I'm not sure I went kicking and screaming. I, I don't think that's true, but I definitely, you know, I remember meeting with like the commission on ministry and not knowing all the answers and mm-hmm. kind of being like, I'm feeling this, or even with my discernment committee at that point too, mm-hmm. I'm feeling this. I can tell you what it's like when I offer communion to some of our brothers and sisters who live on the street. I can tell you what it feels like, but I'm not sure I can articulate the theology or, you know, sort of my, Uh, my call as well. Um, So I had to sort of grow into that. I'm still growing into that (laughs) for sure. Um, But anyway, that's it. Let me ask you this. You, were you single at the time? Had you met your spouse? Christopher and I were in divinity school together. Um, So I had, we were friends. Go ahead. You were friends. So you didn't really have that situation that I had of like, who's going to marry an Episcopal priest? Y'all were on the route together. Right. right. Exactly. I hadn't been, I hadn't gotten so scary yet. Yeah. <laughs> no one wanted to talk to me. Well, and the reason I bring this up, Anna Russell helped me so much when I was single, like who, who's going to marry this person that's, you know, and so, you know, that is something to think about though, you know, for women, I think is, and, and we'll get more into this in a minute, but you know, marriage and children and, 
not that we have this job that nobody else can touch. I don't mean that, but it is different when you think about sort of the regular things in life that you do. So Christopher was kind of on board for all of this, he right? Was on board for all of this for the, I mean, he saw like the gross undercarriage of, is this something I really want to do? How is this going to change our life? How is this, you know, um, what is this going to mean for our family? Um, mm-hmm. The good and the bad. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened when you finished divinity school? So I, um, I was in the process at that point. Um, I um, took a year in between, which I think was good. I think that, um, and rightfully so, that some of my um, mentors were like, you might need another year to kind of develop this out a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and figure out what this calling is about and, you know, sort of double check that it's for ordained ministry, you know, and all that good stuff. So I took a year um, and um, did some more field ed work. And then I went to Sewanee for a year and did the Diploma of Anglican Studies um, program up there, which I needed desperately because I hadn't done anything Episcopalian. Like I yeah. hadn't done any liturgy. I hadn't done any of that good stuff. So, And friends, if you've been a faithful listener this summer, you heard Sarah Audrey Graves talk about this. And actually, Anna Russell and Sarah were there at the same time doing yeah. it. So we talked about the difference between my experience of an Episcopal seminary where Sarah and Anna Russell went to divinity school, and then they did a whole nother year to sort of get the Episcopal experience. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I desperately needed. And that was wonderful. And I met people like Sarah Arger Graves and um, Danielle Thompson and I it was another good friend she, who I'd actually known before that, but we got to be closer then, you know, so it was just a really good, wonderful thing to do. I needed it in my life. And Christopher and I were engaged that year. So we, I got actually, orda- you're going to love this Mary before I got ordained and married a week apart. I love it. Uh, right. Cause why not? And um, not, why not have a lot going on in your life at the same time? Why not do it all at once? <laughs> So you got uh, ordained and then did you, is that when you moved to Alabama or did you serve exactly. a church? Okay. So we, so we didn't have, um, uh, a lot of parishes with openings in the, um, diocese of Tennessee at the time. And, um, I believe I can, I think I can share this. Um, we had some, but I'm not sure that they would, um, I'm not sure that they were comfortable with a young woman yet. Yeah. So it was, and that was sort of made clear to me in a very loving way. And I went, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to, you know, go blasting in. And, um, so. And I that really is reality. I mean, and I think it, in 2022, it's better, but I had that same experience in Alabama. I mean, I'm flat out told there's a few parishes that are just not going to be okay. Yep. Not ready for it. Um, and what is so awesome about that piece of the story is I ended up in Carloville, Alabama. So we moved down to Montgomery. A nice place. Tiny little place down south of Selma. I believe as far as like the line goes, it's like the last parish before you hit Central Gulf Coast Diocese. You're right. And they were all about it. And they were like, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's have a young woman come, you know. So Christopher and I would um, come every two weeks down. We would get in the car and listen to wait, wait, don't tell me. And we would truck down into the, you know, pass down in Selma and um, we would do our service and visit with the folks and then come back to Montgomery. Um, 
Would you say they taught you how to be a priest? Oh my God, without question. And they were so gentle and loving and helped me to make mistakes. Let me make mistakes. I mean, it was like the sermons were awful. And the, I mean, I can't even begin to tell, I didn't know. Um, I also was still a deacon at this point. So they were getting a clergy person who couldn't even really do the whole Eucharist. Right. <laughs> so I mean, they, they were fine with it. You know, St. Michael's and Fayette, shout out to them. Same thing with me, you know, and they just embraced every mistake. And I will for the rest of my life, and I know you feel this way about St. Paul's, they taught me how to be a priest. And I will be grateful the rest of my life for them. The rest of my life. It is so, um, you know, it it is so profound and it means so much. Um, So I was ordained to the priesthood in their parish. And they threw a heck of a party. We had Bloody Marys on the lawn. I mean, it was just like they wanted to celebrate, you know, for me and for my family and for the church. And, you know, Bishop Sloan came down and Bishop Bowerschmidt. So they had two bishops, you know, on the porch. And it was such a cool, it was amazing. Um, And they gave me my first set of stoles. So I have these stoles that... One of the members, you know, beautifully sewn and embroidered my initials into the back of that I will have the rest of my life. And it means more to me than anything. Um, so yeah, it was just, it's a wonderful place. You know, small parishes are a gem and a gift and we don't celebrate them enough, I don't think. Um, you know, I, like I said, those two years in Fayette, I'll never forget. I know that. I mean, they just have so much to give to the world and thank God for small parishes. Thank God for small parishes because they can help, um, teach us and lead us. I mean, they are, they they are the hands and feet of Jesus. Holy cow. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Amen, sister. So then Christopher, is an attorney and needs to move to Birmingham, right? Is that that what happens? So he decided he was doing, so he has his MTS in um, American religious history. Mm -hmm. Um, And he decided that it was um, something he'd always loved too, was like youth and government and, you know, debate and all of that. That's always been a passion of his. He was very involved in national affairs at the Y growing up, which is a big deal in, um, in Alabama. And, um, and so he said, I'm, I want to apply to law school and I'm going to apply to Cumberland at Sanford and I, which is in Birmingham. And I thought, okay, you know, we, you know, we could shoot for that. Let's try, let's see what happens. And, um, he loved it. Mary Balfour, he loved it. So I'm so glad that he went for it. And we ended up moving to Birmingham where we had our first two babies, um, at all States in Homewood, which was a, such a blessing. We used to drive up there and be like, well, where would we want to be? Let's just dream. <laughs> where would we, where would well, we want to be? I somewhere? love that, Anna Russell, because you both need to have your own vocations and for, forget the children. I mean, we're going to get them in here. In oh, a minute. Yeah. I'm just, but I just, I'm just saying like that you were able to support and love each other and both live into your calling. You know, I think is hard sometimes for married people, so you know, whether you're priests or attorneys or whatever, and that you were willing to kind of dig into that. So I'm, I'm really grateful that worked out for y'all. Me too. I'm glad that we could do it together. I think, like you said, like we didn't sort of pre-do it before we knew each other. We, you know, we kind of grew into it with each other. Um, and there were plenty of babies. And then we, that's right. And then all the babies. (laughs) And then all the babies. 
Um, so we had two of our boys in Birmingham at All Saints. Um, and then uh, one of, when we ended up moving to Nashville later, uh, more recently, we had another baby up here. So we're chock full. You are. <laughs> talk, that's the next thing I want to talk about. Talk about what it's like to be a priest and live into your calling as a priest, as a mother of three, because you have a a job that you love and, but you're not like the rector of a church right now. Right. Mm -hmm. But you probably can't be because of where you are as a mother. And so talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. I would be happy to. Um, and I'll, and I'll try. Um, I think that, um, it has been a gift because I feel um, closer to people who are in this kind of figuring it out time in their lives with little ones. Um, and also, I feel like I can welcome them to church um, in a way that I might not be able to and sort of feel that anxiety of like, how am I going to get my children dressed and up and sort of every day, you know, um, and they're going to scream the whole time in church. What am I going to do? And it's like, no, bring them, just bring them. Um, so I can relate to that and feel comfortable with children more now, obviously than I, than I ever have. Um, juggling it is not an easy thing. We constantly have are working on the balance. So our oldest is nine now. So we've had nine years of doing this thing together um, in both of our vocations and we still don't have it right. We still don't, you know, we still, we still work on it every day. Um, I am reached a point now where I, you know, want to do it more part time, which I am in Nashville and it's beautiful. Um, I need to have some more space to kind of pick up my kids from soccer practice and drive them to and from camp. And um, I want to be in the hookup line. Like we call it the hookup line up here, by the way, the pickup line. <laughs> I love it. I know. Um, But um, in Birmingham, it was definitely hard. One of the blessings was having a preschool downstairs. Mm -hmm. And I will say it was a blessing and a curse because there's something that happens with, and you know this so well, with preacher's kids where there's a little bit more scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Um, People sort of expect them to act a certain certain way, and they don't always fall into that category real well, that box. Um, So um, at times it was hard because I felt that pressure. I felt that pressure to have my, you know, children be well-behaved and, you know, do well in preschool and... You know, not get in fights with other children and, you know, all that good stuff that, of course, little boys and girls are going to do, too. Um, But I think, um, I don't know, Mary Balfour, I think that we've just uh, made it work with the help of our, of we had some really beautiful nannies, too, in Birmingham that we depended on, a support system. We desperately needed a support. We had to name that. I'm not really good with asking for help. Um, Christopher does a better job with that, actually. Or at least naming when it's time to. <laughs> naming There's a lot of beautiful things that you just said in that. A, asking for help. Mm-hmm. Nannies, au pairs, whatever it is. I, I interviewed mm-hmm. somebody yesterday that was talking about that as well. But also, I love what you said about like being able to welcome and that hospitality of ministry in that because you totally get it. Like, I have a hard time with that sometimes. I'm going to be completely honest when I'm like, why are these people not at church? And they're like, listen, we get up every day of the week. And, you know, Sundays is like sometimes the only day we have to sleep in. And 
like, I feel like sometimes I'm a little rough on them and I'm grateful for what you're saying because you're like, I get it. And I can like, I mean, I'm not rough, but you know what I mean? It's just hard for me to relate sometimes. And I love that you are able to say to other mamas and daddies, like, I get it. This is super hard. And we just want you to be here, whatever that looks like in a Spider-Man costume, running up and down yes. the aisles, whatever it is, we want you to be here. Exactly. We, um, I work with another woman in ministry who I adore, Lissa Smith, who, um, has been up here. She worked with Becca Stevens at St. Augustine's for a while here in Nashville. And she, um, and I were welcoming and introducing ourselves to a group that was going to be baptized. And we've started this thing where it's, you know, we kind of bring the group together when we have like a season of baptisms, like we did at Easter this past year. Right. And she stood up in front of all the mamas and the daddies and the children who were sitting in the pews, getting to know each other. And she said something to the effect of, do not worry. Like you, this is your church. This is the children's church just as much as it is, you know, Mr. Jones in the back row who um, you are helping to remind what it's like to have little ones in our midst. Um, so let them be, let them be, let their little voices be heard. And, um, and she just said it and you could just see in the parents' faces, Mary before, like the anxiety just lift. Off. I, love that. I mean, you can physically see sort of the Holy Spirit doing, you know, doing, his work. And it was wonderful. Um, I love that. And I, you know, I think that's interesting that you, you're now like realizing that's really a part of your ministry, you know, and and that's not just a priest job. Like that's something all of us can do. Right. I always say whenever I do a baptism, unless they're on fire, don't take them out of here, you know, Uh, (laughs) um, but I think that's something for good for all our listeners to hear is that we need to be encouraging of those voices. We need to be encouraging of every voice, even the little ones. And we want you here and we understand they're not perfect, you know, and we don't want them to be, we want them to be themselves and who they are. And who they are. And and say that even more in Russell as a mom, you know, and I, I love that that's become a part of your ministry and really a calling for you. That's beautiful. Right. Thank you, friend. Right now, it's a big, big piece of it. It's a big yeah. piece of it. Of, yeah, of saying y'all just come as you are. Yeah, you yeah. But you're still getting to do all the sacramental things that you are called to do as a priest, and getting to be with people in the way. But it's more of a part time thing, which is good for you right now. And that may change later when your boys are older. Exactly. But I'm so grateful. There's still like room at the table for everybody wherever they are in their life. Does that make Me sense? Too. Yes, totally. It is. I feel like we can do we a growing edge of the of our church is. I mean, our, our church at large is to have more of the part time clerical spaces mm-hmm. for you know busy parents or for folks who do something. You know, we do a great job in our diaconate ministry. I feel like with this on some level, I know there's definitely room to grow there too. Um, but we could also do a great, a better job at making space for priests who want to do, you know, part-time work and also raise their crazy three children. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. so, I'm grateful to Christchurch um, in Nashville that that has been something that you could do. And I hope that um, every parish and every job, you know, will be more open to that kind of work. So do you yeah. love what you do right now? And you're happy and I am and totally happy and still didn't raise your voice the way you want to, you know, yes, and I definitely feel, feel like that. I definitely feel like that. And right now it looks like, it looks like including the children, having the babies be a part of it um, and making sure that, um, 
they know that we want them to be part of it. That's just as much a piece of this. So I love it. I love and, it. And that's your family around you now, now that you're back in Nashville, which yes. I know helps yes. a lot to have a great support system as we talked about a little bit earlier. It is super hard to raise babies without your parents yeah. <laughs> or without, you know, some family support or some good friend support. And yeah. we have that here and I'm grateful for it because it, it's hard. It's hard when you don't have it. So, yeah. well, okay. Let me ask you this part. I didn't prepare you for this, but I bet you will have a great answer. Tell oh, me what is one of your favorite things that you're doing in ministry right now? You did not prepare me, prepare me for this. VBS, tell me about that. How was that? VBS was awesome. So VBS, um, I never knew that I would actually enjoy organizing that kind of thing. Like I'm like, I, I, could, I did the camp counselor babysitting thing growing up, um, but it, I'm not sure it was a love of mine. <laughs> I'm not sure it was like, you know, something it's that was children. No. Yeah. It's definitely, it definitely took me having my own to sort of get, you know, how to mm-hmm. communicate better with children. Um, but I loved it. It's, it's so much fun to do VBS and have a craft that matches, you know, the story of Gideon, you know, we had, it was such an interesting um, VBS last week um, and talking about the Israelites and, you know, it, it was just a really cool um mashup of a bunch of different stories um and watching their little minds minds, you know talk about god's strength and you know god doesn't always doesn't always choose the the strongest or who we perceive as the strongest sometimes the weakest among us might be the ones who are lifted up to lead and you know that kind of a thing um and it's just really neat watching them kind of apply it to their own you know um, I also have a, have grown in um, the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd program, which I know you know about. Um, it's a big deal in, in Birmingham and a lot of our parishes down there, too. Um, but in Christchurch and Nashville, we also have this as our children's formation program, and I adore it. It It is helping me learn how to speak to my own children and wonder alongside my children about God um, and kind of invite God into spaces that I hadn't thought about. You know, seminary doesn't really um, do a great job of that sometimes. <laughs> I don't think it's so. It's totally agree. Been, right, right. It's definitely been a where the rubber meets the road. You know, how do you um, wonder well, about this? I love that you said that because I would imagine there's a dynamic. Like, if you're a priest and you're a mom, like, how do I get that in my children? The get God in my children, and you know. Do I rely on other people? Do I do that myself? Like, how do you like do all that? And I think um, Emily Evans was on and she talked about catechesis as a good chef. Like, I know that, you know, that must feel some pressure, but sometimes I have to remind people, like, it's not just the church's job to get God to people. Like, right. When we do the baptismal covenant, we promise that we're going to all be there, you know? And so I'm sure there's some people feeding into your children as well that are not just you and Christopher and that's the joy of being in a church yes we need those people we need more of those people (laughs) I mean there are definitely moments where we look at each other and go we are not doing this this is not working this is not whatever we're hoping is not that how it's you know turning out and we need we need all of the other um you know beautiful souls and beautiful people in our children's lives I mean even just teaching them kindness and you know Golly, there's so much Maribel Ford that I'm learning. I, I, I say more than I should nowadays. It takes a village, but I completely believe it. Like, I, it's just, 
oh my gosh, it really takes all of us to raise these children. Church can be that village. So like if you're listening to this and you don't go to church, walk in those red doors, be brave. There'll be some people around you that want to feed into your children or if you're single or you're widowed or whatever the situation will be. Find that community because that village in the church based in God is a beautiful thing. Um, Anna Russell, thank you for your voice. Thank you for your ministry. Um, Thank you for figuring out a way to continue to love God's children while still raising your precious boys and having um, a great relationship with your spouse. Um, I, I admire you and I am really, really grateful for your friendship. So thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, friend. I appreciate it. Well, listeners, remember, as always, we love you, but most importantly, God does.